Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Line graphs, suddenly not so boring, now that their data points can kill us. The definition of the word exponentially. Exponentially is actually exponentially worse than my previous explanation for exponential, as I have exponentially undervalued the exponential value of what exponentially entails. In World War I, finally being outpaced as the deadliest large-scale catastrophe perpetrated by the American government. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are exponentially softer and more honest than Donald Trump's. Our top story this week. At one of his new coronavirus update daily bullshit sessions, President Trump seemed to imply that the current crisis-level shortage of masks in hospitals was due to hospital employees stealing mass quantities of the masks for a profit. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. I don't understand why all of a sudden they're using so many masks. What's happening to all of the masks? Are they going out the back door? I don't want to say it's hoarding because it's probably way worse than hoarding. We thought about doing a sketch in which Dr. Fauci explains to Trump why they're using so many masks. Where did all the masks go? Hello, masks. Yoo-hoo, where are you? I love you. The surge in mask use is directly proportional to upsurge in patients directly related to the surge in COVID-19 patients. Proportion to the up sugar of the what now? Unfortunately, the actual explanation is far too simple to sustain an entire sketch. Despite being entirely too complicated for Trump to grasp. Somebody must be stealing all of the masks, which there are plenty of, in order to make a profit off of the mask shortage. So we decided to indulge President Trump's idiotic accusation by constructing a scenario in which hospital employees actually steal their own life-saving protective masks to make a small profit. I hatched a brilliant idea while working nonstop through a 12-hour shift. That makes sense. As nurses, our intense work, which requires rigorous focus and attention to detail, allows us plenty of time to let our minds wander and hatch schemes. So, I was thinking, you know how we have plenty of the PPE masks? You mean the life-saving equipment that's our best defense against dying from massive exposure to a deadly virus? You mean the mask that all of the hospitals have plenty of, even though there's also a shortage? Exactly. What if we stole the masks that we have so many of we can steal, and then took advantage of the mask shortage by selling the masks that we have plenty of on the black market? This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to capitalize off the rare circumstance in which there's a shortage of something that there's a surplus of. We'd be stupid not to put our lives and the lives of all of our patients in unnecessary mortal danger in order to make a little bit of money. We're already grossly overpaid for our not at all valuable or in any way essential services, so naturally we're motivated purely by money. I knew I could count on my fellow hospital employees who are literally risking their lives to uphold their vocational duty to confront a deadly pandemic on the front line to make this selfish and irresponsible choice. There's just one problem. 
The implausible notion that hospital nurses have the kind of high-level criminal connections it would take to unload stolen emergency equipment on the black market in the midst of a global pandemic? No. The fact that stealing our own protective equipment would likely kill us before we had a chance to enjoy the little bit of money we stand to make? No. The fact, which we've already mentioned, but simply cannot be overstated, that there cannot be a simultaneous surplus and shortage of the same thing? No. The problem is President Trump. How dare you? President Trump is a stable genius. That's the problem. President Trump is such a stable genius, he's almost certain to figure this out. We must have been fools to think we could outsmart President Trump. Obviously, under ordinary circumstances, outsmarting President Trump would be impossible. But these are not ordinary circumstances. Right now, President Trump is so busy organizing an effective and cohesive national response, he might just be too busy to notice. I don't know. President Trump is highly capable of performing multiple high-level tasks all at once. Obviously, but he's doing so much. Nationalizing the supply chain, ordering business to produce equipment, maintaining a nationwide stay-at-home order, not suggesting that we reopen the country by Easter. Even he can't see everything. You take that back. I will not be a part of a plan that hinges on being smarter than President Trump. I'm out. Well, should we go ahead with our plan to steal critical supplies in the midst of a national pandemic? What would Trump do? I'm in. Shh, shh. Trump's on TV. Let's listen. Where did all the masks go? Did they walk out the back door? He's caught us. No, oh, we were fools to think we could outsmart President Trump. La, 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 la. As part of our ongoing commitment to being more responsible than our government, Barely Audible Whisper has been telerecording our shows via Zoom for three weeks, even as Preppy Redneck and governor of our home state of Georgia, Brian Kemp, just got around to issuing a stay-at-home order this week. Georgia governor and Betsy DeVos with a penis, Brian Kemp, announced the order on Wednesday, signed it on Thursday, but it didn't take effect till Friday, which is stupid, but not as stupid as when at his announcement he said, and this is a verbatim quote. Uh, finding out that this virus is now transmitting before people see signs. Uh, so, so what we've been, been telling people for, for directors for the CDC for weeks now that uh, if you start feeling bad, stay home. Uh, well, those individuals could be uh, infecting people before they ever felt bad. Uh, we didn't know that until the last uh, tw 24 hours. Uh, now, this is a game changer. This brand new game changing information that's only been publicly known for more than three months is such a game changing game changer that Kemp repeated the phrase game changer either as a rhetorical device or because it's the only phrase he knows. Now, from a public health standpoint, uh, this is a revelation and a game changer. And yes, that was also a verbatim quote. For more game-changing revelations about Governor Kemp's game-changing revelation, Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of Brian Kemp having his game-changing revelation. 
We don't need a namby-pamby Trump-hating stay-at-home order in the state of Alicipi. Georgia, sir. Georgia. Now that is a revelation and a game-changer. But the virus can be spread by asymptomatic carriers. Exactly. If you're feeling symptoms, even if it's just a symptom, you should stay home. <laughs> no. Asymptomatic is one word. It's asymptomatic, not a face symptomatic. When you put a in front of a word, it means not. For example, atypical. A typical example of a symptom would be a fever. No. The a in the front of a word means it is lacking in or does not possess the qualities associated with the word. So asymptomatic means not showing symptoms. Oh, you mean like an acorn. What? An acorn is not corn? Excellent point, sir. Nor does an acorn possess any of the qualities associated with corn. <laughs> uh, make sure the agricultural department knows about this game change revelation. Right away, sir. That's a peach of an idea. No, it's corn. Wait, I get it. It's not about peaches, so it's a peach. If we could get back to the fact that your state, Arkansas, Georgia, game changer, has several counties that are among the most infected in the entire country. The letter R. What? The difference between county and country is the letter R. So A in front of a word means not. Then R in the middle of a word must mean bigger. This emergency is too urgent to argue about your misperceptions pertaining to the letter R. That sentence was huge. You need to issue a statewide stay-at-home order. I already did. A state means not statewide, so by not issuing any orders, I issued a order. <sighs> I can't believe we had to cheat to get you elected. I'll rephrase. You need to issue a state statewide stay-at-home order. All right. I'll announce it today, sign it tomorrow, uh, and uh, put it into effect on Friday. Why would you wait three days to put the order into effect? Just, just take the victory. Trust me, it's as good as you're going to get. Ow. I can't seem to get out of my office. Ow. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trapped in my office. Everything's completely walled off and... Ow. We've been over this before, sir. You have to turn the knob and open the door. A removable piece of wall attached by a hinge? Ooh, this is a game changer. God, you are the dumbest piece of hair on earth. I'm sorry, what was that, Janice? Nothing. novel coronavirus pandemic has been a disaster for all manner of professions. Restaurant workers, travel workers, artists, traffic reporters. Traffic reporters? When's the last time you heard a traffic report? Fair point. But there are some professions that have benefited from the crisis, such as art thieves. Hello. Legendary cinematic art thief Thomas Crown here, reporting for Barely Audible Whisper on the museum heist of a very valuable painting from the Singer-Lauren Museum in Amsterdam. 
Only an art thief with my reputation could have gained an audience with the mastermind of this theft, who is on Skype with me at this very moment. Wait, you're an art thief? I am. I thought you were a bank robber. <sighs> you're thinking of the 1968 Steve McQueen Thomas Crown. I'm the 1999 Pierce Brosnan Thomas Crown. Are you telling me you would have granted audience to any old bank thief? Well, I'm sheltering in place. <laughs> I'm bored. Uh, I would have granted audience to a podcast intern. Ah. Well. We're here, so we may as well proceed. <clears throat> as I presumed you were aware, I once stole Monet's San Giorgio Maggiore at dusk in an elaborate heist, then later returned the painting in an even more elaborate anti-heist. Okay. So... Art thief to art thief. How did you pull this off? Well, I... Wait, wait, let me set the scene. Um, it was Van Gogh's birthday, March the 30th. A poetic touch on your part. The painting was on loan to the singer from the Groninger. Wait, which, which singer? A singer owns that museum? Singer is the name of the museum. Oh, well, I knew that. Well, you must have to have been able to put such a well-thought-out heist in place. How long had you been waiting for this opportunity? You must have great love for this particular painting, the Parsonage Garden at Newnan in spring. Mm, not really. Uh, it was hung prominently, so I figured it was worth a lot. Of course, of course. I, I forget that not all art thieves are independently wealthy and committing crime merely for the thrill. Now... The real trick to this heist was that the whole world was sheltering in place. You had no crowds in which to blend, no outsiders you could hire to stage a distraction. You couldn't coordinate a complex series of handoffs while keeping a six foot distance from your associates. How did you do it? Uh, the museum was of course closed to the public. Uh, I went in at night. Under cover of darkness. Yes. Uh, we approached the glass door. How daring. And smashed it. You just smashed the door. That's right. Oh, and we only had a moment before security would come running. So like, we just grabbed the nearest painting that looked really valuable. Of course, I've heard of Van Gogh. <clears throat> Van Gogh. You've, I'm sorry, you've, you've heard of him? Ear guy, yeah. This was nothing more than a petty smash and grab? Yep. Hey, um, you wanna buy it? I'll sell it to you for a thousand bucks. It's worth millions. 5,000 then. I refuse your offer. Instead, I will painstakingly study your home, your patterns of movement and your every weakness. I will discover where you've hidden the painting and then I will retrieve it in the cleverest manner imaginable. You shouldn't tell people your plans. It's part of my brilliance. You'll know my every intention and yet be unable to thwart it. I will then turn my ingenuity onto a plan to return the painting to the Groninger and expose you in the process. Sure. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to break into your house 20 times and grab shit. You are infuriating. Let the game begin. 
Since the novel coronavirus was first discovered in China in January, the president, and by extension Fox News, his adoring North Korean-style propaganda network, have invented more implausible news stories about the virus than a bad cliffhanger-based TV series invents implausible plot twists. The good news is that now that dear leader has kinda sorta started to admit that there is a real problem, Fox News has kinda sorta started to report real news. In order to fully appreciate the insane arc of Fox News's ever-evolving reporting on the coronavirus, Barely Audible Whisper condensed a three-month timeline of Fox News coronavirus coverage into one segment. The so-called coronavirus is just another Democrat hoax invented by the lamestream media to try and take down Trump. What even is a coronavirus? Isn't that a type of beer? The stock market is doing great. And isn't that all that matters? Thanks to President Trump, impeachment is over, the market is strong, and the virus only kills the Chinese. Impeachment failed. The impeachment trial is 100% over. And now that impeachment is no longer a distraction that might prevent Trump from doing his job, Democrats need a new hoax to follow the impeachment hoax, which is definitely over. Fox News White House correspondent reporting to you from Mar-a-Lago, where now that impeachment is behind him, President Trump can do what he does best. Cheat at golf. I mean work hard while golfing on behalf of the American people. President Trump deserves endless credit and breathless praise for having responded to this phony virus with a real travel ban against China. That's real protection against the fake virus, saving real American lives from the made-up threat that is real in the sense that Trump really did save us, but fake in every other sense. This beer virus deal is definitely a hoax, because this one time I sneezed and I didn't die. Fox News White House correspondent reporting to you from a crowded swing state sports arena where the president told a jam-packed crowd of predominantly elderly people that the so-called virus is a hoax and that social distancing is for pussies. Bad news on Wall Street as the stock market is in free fall over fears about the coronavirus. The good news is that this is in no way President Trump's fault. We'll have more on why this is someone else's fault as soon as we come up with something. The market crashed because of socialism. Pelosi? Would you believe something about brown people? Last night, I cried. Or I would have cried if my tear duct still worked. Because I thought that this meant I was poor. But then my husband said that only poor people get hurt when rich people crash the market. And he's always right. So I went shopping. Hmm. The coronavirus hoax is now real, in the sense that real people really believe it's really real, which is causing a real effect on real stock value. The stock market, which has been in free fall for reasons that are in no way Trump's fault, is now starting to recover for reasons that are entirely to Trump's credit. Wait, I'm receiving breaking news that the stock market is back in free fall for reasons that are obviously not Trump's fault. Fox News White House correspondent reporting from a golf course President Trump had installed at taxpayer expense in the green room of the Red State Sports Arena, where he's holding another rally jam-packed with more senior citizens, in which he plans on blaming the recent outbreak of the virus in Washington on the failure of Washington's Democratic governor 
to adequately compliment the president. I can't believe the blame Trump, Trump derangement syndrome left is blaming Trump for the existence of a virus. We should blame somebody else for the existence of this virus. The Chinese China virus started in China, which makes it Chinese. One time I tried to use chopsticks and I poked myself in the eye. I should probably get tested for the Chinese China virus. Everyone who wants a test can get one. Fox News White House correspondent actually reporting from the White House, which proves just how hard the president has been working to mitigate this crisis, which isn't really a crisis, but would be a crisis if the president hadn't prevented the crisis with his almost full hour of hard work. There aren't enough tests because of the far-left Trump-hating CDC. The NBA is canceling its season because two players on the Utah Jazz, who for some reason seem to be the only people in America who can get tested, tested positive for Chinese China virus. The action taken by the NBA has caused companies all across the nation to close their doors, choosing to take responsible social distancing measures. As Americans are essentially on their own, Thank you, President Trump, for protecting us from the dangerous Chinese China virus, which is definitely no longer a hoax. The stock market took another tumble today as the economic calamity facing America has unexpectedly exposed massive flaws in the nonsensical theory of trickle-down economics. More on this story when we figure out a way to blame socialism. Fox News White House correspondent reporting to you from the CDC, where President Trump coughed all over everything and announced that the country would be reopened on Easter. I told you it was a hoax. Jesus is the cure to all hoaxes. Fox News White House correspondent reporting from the White House press briefing room, which I had forgot existed, where President Trump is holding daily press briefings touting all of the work he has done to combat Chinese China virus and reminding the American people that he's been taking this very seriously from the beginning. I never said it was a hoax. Thank you, President Trump, for protecting us from the Chinese China virus. Your leadership is like an American eye patch that keeps us from poking our eyes out with chopsticks. Can you believe the Democrats are complaining that President Trump hasn't done enough? It's like they're rooting for him to fail. The Democrats rooted for Trump to fail, so all of his failures are their fault. Yeah, Democrats couldn't impeach Trump, so they made up a virus to force him to do a bad job because all they care about is politics. Impeachment, that's it. President Trump, who did the best job ever combating the Chinese China virus, which is real, but he's also a political hoax because Democrats want him to fail, which he didn't because he's doing the best job possible, but he could have done even better than the best possible if he wasn't distracted by impeachment, which definitely wasn't over soon enough for him to have not been distracted by it, which he wasn't because he was focused on doing the best job for the American people, which he did, but he could have done even better if it wasn't for impeachment and the Democrats. Seriously? That's what we're going with? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I poked myself in the eye with my fork. <laughs> Stupid impeachment. <laughs> Works for me.
there's one pressing question that seems to be on everyone's mind lately. What the hell's wrong with President Trump? No, the other pressing question. What the hell is wrong with Joe Exotic? No, I'm talking about masks. The pressing question about masks. Is Billy Ray Cyrus really the banana? No, not the masked singer. Medical masks. Should regular citizens wear medical masks to help stop the spread of COVID-19, even as frontline hospital workers are dealing with shortages? For such a simple question, the answer is surprisingly complicated. For a deeper look at the ridiculously complicated answer to this seemingly simple question, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our overly complicated explanation expert, football announcing legend, and chronic over-explainer, John Madden. Oh, John Madden here! Today we're talking about face masks, which in football are the protective bars on the helmet that protect your face when you get tackled, like that, you know, boom! But infectious disease mitigation face masks are the little blue deals that doctors wear in the medical shows like that. There, so so football face masks and medical masks are different, uh, but they're also similar because they protect your face. Given that there is a current shortage of masks and other critical PPE... PPP stands for Personal Protective Equipment. Uh, you got your first P there at the beginning like that, and that stands for personal. And then right next to that P, you got a second P in the middle there like that. And that P means protective. And then all the way at the end there, you got the E, which means equipment. Uh, personal Protective Equipment, PPE, boom! Like I was saying, given the shortages of PPE being faced by ER nurses, such as myself, who need masks not only to protect ourselves, but to protect our patients, our colleagues, and the public at large, who needs as many healthy healthcare professionals as possible to treat this crisis on the front lines. So that right there is a valid point, boom! So when a point draws a reasonable conclusion like that right there, based on sound reasoning like that, you know, and the best available data, you call that point valid. Boom! Therefore, non-healthcare professionals should not be using equipment that we desperately need. Uh, so these doctors and nurses right there in the thick of everything like that there, you know, and they got patients with the COVID-19. And 19 was Joe Montana's number, his second number, his first number was 16, but then it was 19, so you gotta be careful about the number 19. So you got all these Joe Montana sick people passing around the COVID droplets every time they cough, boom, and sneeze, boom, and, and they're just boom, coughing and boom, sneezing all over like that there. And you got COVID droplets flying all around the ER. Boom, you cough, boom, sneeze, boom. Spittle flying out of an old guy's mouth when he yells, boom. While the need to make certain that needs of our frontline healthcare workers must remain our top priority cannot be overstated. Yeah, cause they got the patients coughing and sneezing all over the place, boom. And there's COVID droplets flying all over the place like that right there, boom. There is significant data that suggests that citizens wearing masks while maintaining responsible social distancing practices can significantly mitigate the spread of the virus. So what you want to do is mitigate the virus because mitigate 
means to slow down the infection rate. So if you got your infection rate soared up real high like that, and COVID droplets are getting passed all over the place like Joe Montana, you want to mitigate the spread of infection. Boom! The data is inconclusive. So when you've got some data, uh, but not enough data to draw a scientific conclusion, that data is inconclusive because you can't draw a conclusion uh, from it. The conclusion that masks mitigate spread is based on lower infection rates in countries such as Singapore and South Korea, but those countries also took far more aggressive and more effective mitigation measures that likely account for significantly more of their success rate. So when you fail to account for all of your variables, then your hypothesis is going to be flawed because in order to prove a hypothesis, you got to account for all the variables. In fact, some suggest that wearing masks creates a false sense of protection that causes people to practice less safe social distancing and that the discomfort of wearing masks actually increases people's risk by causing them to touch their faces more. So you don't want to touch your face because if you touch a COVID droplet with your hand like that there, you know, and then you touch your face like that, and boom, then the COVID droplets go on to go flying all over your immune system, boom. Those were all valid reasons for not advising people to wear masks at first. But given where we are in the outbreak, those who would wear masks would continue safe social distancing. And the discomfort of the mask might actually serve as a psychological reminder to continue to engage in safe practices. So you got your face mask on your face like that there, and it's itchy, you know, but instead of scratching the itch like that, uh, boom! The itch reminds you to be careful because you're thinking about the itch, which makes you think about the mask, which makes you think about why you're wearing the mask in the first place, and boom! In addition, the benefit of wearing masks is not to protect the individual wearing it from the virus, but rather to protect everyone else from the virus the individual wearing the mask might spread. So the COVID droplets come flying out of your mouth like that, boom! Uh, But instead of going flying around all over the place, they go flying into the face mask. Boom! True, but as we agree that we shouldn't be taking surgical masks that could be used in hospitals. Thank you. That means individuals will be using homemade masks or masks that are designated for other purposes or repurposed clothing, such as scarves and bandanas. Uh, And there's no evidence to suggest that such improvised methods are particularly effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19. You don't want to send in an unproven defense against Joe Montana. No one's arguing that masks alone are an adequate mitigation strategy, but they will almost certainly have a positive impact, even if that impact is minimal. Uh, Probably a little isn't as good as definitely a lot, Uh, But it's better than not at all. Then we're all agreed. Masks are not a substitute for responsible social distancing, but if used properly, may contribute in a small way to the overall mitigation strategy. Agreed. Agreed, provided that everybody promises not to get me killed. Agreed. Infectious disease face masks are a lot like football face masks uh, because they're masks that you wear on your face for protection 
but they can't protect you from everything, and, and you don't want to wear a face mask when you don't need a face mask. Uh, Joe Montana needs a face mask, but if you got your ER nurses in there with COVID socks flying on those As part of our ongoing commitment to being more responsible than our own government, Barely Audible Whisper has been telerecording all of our episodes on Zoom since early March. Which is why, at the random dictates of the internet, some of our lines... Given our frustration with having to telecommunicate our usual in-person recordings... Barely audible whisper, wanted to find out how our new reality of virtual reality is affecting other real-life situations where person-to-person contact is vital. Barely audible whisper, just started going out. Right before everyone stopped going out. Being with you these past couple of weeks has been the best part of my life without my life. I know exactly what you mean. It feels almost as good to be with you as it feels bad to not be with you. Just think, if we hadn't met three days before this happened, we might have never been together. And if we'd met three days earlier, we might have actually been together. Hmm. There's something I've been wanting to say to you, but I've been afraid. It's the kind of thing you're supposed to say in person, but I can't wait until whenever I might see you in person again. I love it. What? Wow. What is not the reaction I was hoping for? I'm sorry, I've I've always been the type of guy who rushes in too fast. I can't understand you. I should have known not being understood is the story of my life, but things felt different with you. I think we've got a bad connection. How can you say that? I've never felt more connected to anyone in my life. Yeah, it just isn't working. I can make it work. I promise. We're breaking up. No, please don't leave me. (laughs) No, no. Oh. Oh, that's better. Better? How is this better? The internet connection is better. I can hear what you're saying again. Are you crying? <laughs> oh, oh, so so you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so when you said you didn't understand, you, you didn't mean you didn't understand me. You meant you couldn't understand me. Is the internet connection screwed up again? Or are you just incoherent? <laughs> I thought you... T- <laughs> Well, I can't tell you what I thought until I tell you what I thought I told you so you'll understand why I thought what I thought you thought about what I told you. I'm sorry. The internet connection is weird. It just sounds like you're repeating the same words over and over again. I thought you understood what I thought, 
but didn't understand why I thought what I thought. But really, you didn't understand what I thought, not because you don't understand my thoughts, but because you couldn't understand my expression of my thoughts. It sounded like you were about to tell me something important, and I really do want to hear what it was. But right now, everything you're saying just sounds like a bunch of hastily constructed repetition jokes. You seem to be able to hear me, though. And there's something really important that I need to say to you. But I'd love to hear them. What? Wow. What? It is not the reaction that I was hoping for. I I can't understand you. I thought you were the one man on earth who finally understood me. We're breaking up. That's better. How is this better? The internet connection is better. I can hear you again. Are you crying? I thought you understood what I thought about understanding, which I think might be a misunderstanding about you understanding me talking about what I thought. I understand. You do? I love you. Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper Made Possible by the following people writer, co host, and producer Dave Baldwin, co host Molly Brown. Writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown, actors Michael Morgan, Ellie Glonick, and Corey Burns. Please check out our website, www.barelyaudiblewhisper.com, and our brand new feature of parodies of President Trump's daily briefing, which we're calling America's on Fireside Chats. Please subscribe to us, follow us on social media, and tell all your friends. We appreciate your support. It's not about peaches, so it's A equals peach. Humorous!